You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello, and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. Thank you for joining me. And today we're going to talk about healing the scapegoat wound. I've been on a roll lately talking about the scapegoat and how those of us who fall into this role need to make a conscious decision to get out. Any role that we tend to play, whether it be that of a victim, a people pleaser, a caretaker, a rescuer, or a scapegoat, or all of the above, it begins quite innocently in childhood, but we fall into patterns that perpetuate themselves. We find these same patterns repeating over and over in our adulthood, and it can be really difficult to break the chain, so to speak. The first thing scapegoats need to realize is that you can break the chain. You can change the pattern. You simply need to understand it and understand how you continue to fall into it. Scapegoats are typically the object of negative projection and blame. They're often targets for bullying. They're victimized by families and by social groups. They find themselves being blamed in their intimate relationships for the issues in the relationship. And they're often the targets of jealousy and competition. Scapegoats are typically the most sensitive and aware people in their families and groups. They have an innocence about them that people target. You have to ask yourself, why do people target innocence? Well, it's complicated. Why do people abuse children? Why are children molested, raped, and beaten? I believe that one of the primary reasons people destroy innocence is that their own innocence was destroyed in some way, and the innocence in others mirrors to them something that they don't want to face within themselves, their own deep core wounds of loss and abuse or whatever it is that they've gone through. So, Part of the healing path of the scapegoat is to recognize your innocence, even reclaim it. You didn't do anything to deserve the treatment you've received in your life. You may have been innocent, different, shy, empathic, ultra-creative, ultra-aware, or you may have been outspoken, honest, and unwilling to follow the unspoken rules of don't speak, don't feel, don't think, that are typical in a dysfunctional family. If you experience abuse and neglect as a child, it may have made an energetic imprint on you that other people read. That energetic imprint may read something like this. I'm a punching bag. People are mean. People don't like me. People want to hurt me. I don't trust people. These unconscious messages go out into the collective and draw people towards you who are looking for a punching bag, someone to unload their repressed pain onto. 
there is a vibrational match between the scapegoat and the scapegoater or bully. The more a scapegoat has been wounded, the deeper the energetic imprint is carved on their psyche and the more they unconsciously attract the wounder. Now, as someone who has carried the scapegoat archetype through life, I'm the first to say that this is all happening in the unconscious collective. We don't realize that we're magnetizing this negative energy to us. We are quite innocent. It isn't our fault, and I don't want anyone to get the idea that it is your fault. We are energetic magnets for different experiences in our lives, and we're not to blame for this because we're not to blame for our original wounding. We're not to blame for a parent's addiction or narcissism or otherwise abusive or neglectful nature. We're not to blame for the way that we were treated early in life. We're born innocent, and you need to remember this, that you were born innocent. It's important to recognize that there is a difference between attracting something to you unconsciously as a result of an energetic imprint and being at fault. There is original cause and there is fault, and they're not the same. You are innocent. Now, the second part of healing the scapegoat wound is recognize your responsibility. Recognize what you are responsible for. So now that we've established that you're innocent, you can begin to look deeper into that energetic imprint I talk about and how this imprint is unconsciously magnetizing to you certain people and experiences. The energetic imprint comes from core wounds incurred in early childhood or in another dimension of time and space, which we won't get into. They are the core wounds of unworthiness, shame, and feelings of inadequacy. There's a feeling that something is deeply wrong with you. You're not normal. You're a bad seed. You're the ugly duckling, the one who is different from the others. Core wounds are encoded into core beliefs, and we unconsciously live our lives with these core beliefs running the show. The core belief, I am unworthy and I am unlovable, attracts just the right person or people who mirror this belief back to you. When you have a core belief, I am bad, it's as if all the people who need someone to blame for their own pain and feelings of inadequacy read that unconscious blueprint in you and project their unhealed wounds onto you. In the end, you're proving to yourself that you are right about what you believe. I must be unworthy because look how I'm being treated. One mistake scapegoats make is attempting to prove their worthiness to the one who is scapegoating them. This also comes from the original wounder imprint. If you're a scapegoat, you may be trying to prove to your parents that you are enough, that you are good, that you are lovable, because you so desperately needed their love and approval as a child. 
this effort to prove one's worth to the other gets carried forward into adulthood, and we try to prove ourselves in our relationships and our social groups. Part of our responsibility is to recognize this and recognize that the one you really need to prove yourself to is you. You have absolutely nothing that you need to prove to others. It's yourself that you need to convince. It is the part of you that holds the negative core beliefs about yourself. So you need to go on a fact-finding mission to find the things about yourself that you can love and accept. You need to call out the lies that became your core beliefs. You are worthy. You are lovable. You are good. You are enough. You are beautiful. You are cherished. You are smart. You have to continue to debunk these negative core beliefs by declaring them a lie. In the story of the ugly duckling, the beautiful swan was the ugliest duck in the pond, right? Because it wasn't a duck. It was different. It didn't fit in with the other ducks. But the truth was, it was really a beautiful, magnificent swan. A favorite spiritual teacher of mine is Matt Kahn, or rather Matt Swan. He tells the story of how, because of his energetic sensitivity, he felt what people around him were feeling and believed that it was how they felt about him. So he took it personal. If someone was feeling really sad, Matt believed he did something to make them sad. Or if they were angry, it was his fault they were angry. And later he realized that other people's emotions had nothing to do with him. Just because he could tap into the feelings of others due to his sensitive, empathic, intuitive, and aware nature didn't mean that the other people's feelings had anything to do with them. We all have to learn the same lesson Matt had to learn. Other people's feelings are not about us. They're not our fault. One mistake many of us make is that we don't only pick up on the feelings of others. We believe they are our feelings. We're not able to separate what belongs to the other person and what belongs to us. And this is another area scapegoats and energetically sensitive people need to heal. We need to spend enough time alone to figure out what our true feelings are. We need to be able to take our own emotional temperature so we're not confusing other people's feelings with our own. When you're feeling pretty good one day, and having a pretty good day, and someone sends you a nasty text message accusing you of some really horrible things, you may find that your energy plummets and suddenly you feel badly. It would be easy to interpret that you are feeling badly because this person you thought was a friend just unloaded a bunch of garbage onto you. You may even feel that you want to respond and defend yourself against the accusations. But one likely thing that is happening is that you have just become aware of the friend's feelings and those feelings were projected 
onto you. We have to become aware of our tendency to own the projections that are cast upon us by those who are unaware of their own feelings or don't take responsibility for how they feel. We need to recognize that when someone throws their garbage at us and we truly are innocent, this is projection. It doesn't belong to us. And we need to be very careful not to take it on. We need to send it back and hold the other accountable for their own feelings. And the only way to do this with people that are blaming you for everything is to not engage in defensive behavior or meet their attack with another attack. Instead, we may simply not respond at all or respond in a way that's very neutral, such as, really, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. We need to remember that when someone tries to scapegoat us and this stuff that they throw at us doesn't stick to us, they're not getting the relief that they're seeking. Think of it like this. You take a truck full of garbage to the dump, and when you arrive at the dump, there's a sign on the gate that says, closed. You've taken this whole truckload of garbage to the dump, and now you can't dump it. You have to haul it back home because you can't get in the gates. What happens when the scapegoater tries and dumps his or her garbage onto you and the gates are closed? Is that person either has to find another dump or has to haul that garbage back home, which is take responsibility for it. So close the gates. Don't accept the accusations. Acknowledge them as the other people's feelings because this is exactly what they are. Every time you agree to take on the emotional garbage that someone else is throwing at you, you are agreeing to continue your role as a scapegoat. Now, it may feel familiar, but it doesn't mean it feels good. So if you can learn to close the gates and not allow the other person to emotionally vomit on you, you're holding the other accountable simply by not agreeing to the dynamic. So we have to look at how in the past we have unconsciously agreed to these dynamics. You heal the scapegoat wound by changing the agreement. Stop allowing people to blame you, shame you, and throw their unhealed emotional garbage at you. How do you do this? You simply close the gate. You're not open for business. You make an agreement with yourself to stop giving your energy to relationships with people who shame you, blame you, and projectile vomit onto you and otherwise treat you cruelly and disrespectfully. You stop trying to prove yourself innocent to people who have a great deal vested in your being guilty. Don't accept the guilt that is being projected onto you. It's their own guilt. It's the stuff that the accuser can't see as coming from within. Now, I'm not saying you never accept responsibility for a conflict with someone. Sometimes you do things that you may be unaware have hurt or bothered someone else. And you need to be willing to examine the situation if the situation warrants examination 
For example, if you canceled lunch with a friend at the last minute and your friend might contact you later and tell you how disappointed she feels that you couldn't make the lunch because that person really was needing some support and connection. So you can look at that and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize it was so important to you and um, could we reschedule or really taking that responsibility in a sense that you did make that commitment and you did break that commitment. So, I mean, there are times in our lives that we really need to focus on, on our own part and look at what our own part is. And there's times where it has nothing to do with it. So you have to be discerning and know when those times are. So if you said something hurtful to another person, they may tell you about it and you will want to examine the reality of the situation rather than simply dismiss it. You might say, oh, I'm sorry that you were hurt by what I said. I was angry and I took it out on you. I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't your fault. Or you might say, it wasn't at all my intention to hurt you. I was hurt too, which caused me to lash out. I apologize for my behavior. So we all take responsibility for our own behavior. You know, playing the scapegoat or growing up in a scapegoat role doesn't give us, you know, permission to lash out at other people either. We've, we've got to hold our head in, in our own self-respect and integrity. The scapegoat role is about people who blame you for things that really have nothing to do with you. And that's what you have to realize when you're being discerning. It's about people who take their rage, their anger, and their feelings of inadequacy out on you. It's about people who shame you because deep down they are feeling ashamed. It's about people who make you feel worthless because they're projecting their own feelings of worthlessness onto you. Being a scapegoat is like being a canvas where other people project their unhealed wounds. So we need to change the agreement to where we're not that canvas anymore. Close the gate. Now, another way to heal that scapegoat wound, one of the most powerful ways to heal that scapegoat wound is the practice of self-love. I've talked about this a lot over the years. A core wound found in those who walk the path of the scapegoat is the core wound of worthlessness and believing that one is unlovable. These wounds need to be healed in order to stop allowing the negative projections to enter into your sacred space. We heal the wounds through the practice of self-love. When you treat yourself lovingly and respectfully, you aren't going to allow others to mistreat you because you know you don't deserve to be treated badly. So you treat you end up treating yourself much like you would treat a child that that might be your own child that you wouldn't let somebody mistreat your own child because you care about that child and you love that child and it's your duty to protect and care for that child. So we have to say have that same duty to ourselves. When you're stuck in the core wound of worthlessness and you don't believe that you're lovable, 
You also believe that you deserve to be treated poorly because somehow you're a bad person. Now, once again, I remind you that a lot of people who are scapegoats may not be aware that this core belief is running them. They not, may not be aware of just how deep their feelings of worthlessness are. When you can declare your innocence and know that you are good and you are worthy and you are lovable, you stop allowing others to treat you as if you weren't. You, you were born good. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to defend yourself or prove yourself. You simply are good. We all make mistakes in life. We are human. But making mistakes doesn't make us unworthy. It simply makes us human. So embrace your humanness. Accept that you will make mistakes and go forward on the path of loving yourself through it all. There's a saying, learn to laugh at yourself. This is more about learning to laugh with yourself and make light about the things that you've previously been hard on yourself for, such as your imperfections. We often have a belief that if we are somehow perfect in every way, people would love us and treat us differently. This belief has absolutely nothing to do with reality. Because people treat you the way they do, not because of who you are, but because of who they are. People will treat you the way that they were treated. So you can be the most beautiful, perfect person on earth. And people will still be cruel, heartless, and judgmental, uncaring, and lacking in empathy. Don't make the mistake of believing that other people's behavior has anything to do with you. Let yourself off the hook. Even if you stray from loving yourself and treating yourself with kindness and respect, you've got to get right back to it. Return time and again to love. Claim for yourself again and again that you are enough. You are worthy. You are lovable. You are beautiful. You are smart. And other people's behavior is not your fault. You also need to keep away from the lion's den and stop trying to convince yourself that the hungry lion is tame when it has showed you its teeth time and time again. Now, the last place that the scapegoat wants to go is into the lion's den, right? You don't want a goat going into a lion's den. Every time you go into the lion's den and get devoured, the lion is showing you who he is. But if you continue to hold on to a belief that you can tame the lion and get the lion to be nice to you and like you and treat you well, you're fooling yourself. You will not be able to heal these core wounds if you continue to enter the lion's den. The lion sees the goat as food, not as a friend. This is the nature of the lion. So stop pretending that the lion has your best interests at heart and stop trying to prove your worth to the lion. Each time you enter that lion's den, the lion will devour you and you will have to go through a recovery process. 
I've had clients who wonder why they can't heal when they continue to go into the lion's den. That other saying that I always say is you can't heal your burned hand when your hand is still on the burner. It's the same concept. Got to take that hand off the burner. Now, to be clear, when I talk about the lion's den, I'm talking about the people who continue to rip the scab off your wounds, to mistreat you, to blame you, to shame you, and trigger you in very hurtful ways. I'm talking about the narcissist and the scapegoater. It doesn't matter how good your intentions are, the lion still wants to eat you for dinner. If you continue to put yourself in toxic environments, you won't heal. Don't approach this with too much spiritual bypass where you develop a belief that when you can walk into the lion's den and not feel threatened or be hurt, you finally healed. This is a common mistake people make. No, stay away from the lion's den. Don't go into the snake pit believing that if you're healed enough, the snake won't bite you. If you're healed enough, you won't go into the snake pit. Be good to yourself. Treat yourself like you would treat someone who is worthy and lovable and precious. Treat yourself as you would treat one who is innocent. Stop entertaining the negative core beliefs. Don't go down that rabbit hole of I'm just worthless and I'm not good enough and poor me. And, you know, we've got to shed that self-pity as well and really stand up for who we are. You are worthy. You are lovable. And you need to treat yourself that way. Don't wait around for others to prove to you that you are worthy, that you have value. Prove it to yourself by treating yourself well. You may still feel unworthy on the inside, but if you treat yourself well on a consistent basis and stop putting yourself in harm's way, you will begin to build trust in yourself and you'll begin to believe that you are worthy of being treated well. So if you keep going back into that snake pit or that lion's den or keep putting your hand on that burner, you lose trust in yourself. Because that part of you that it's innocent and precious is going, I can't trust, I can't trust you to not put me in harm's way. So you're going to be in a state of anxiety, post-traumatic stress, fight or flight. Because you don't trust yourself to keep yourself out of danger. So that self-trust will be developed with consistent self-loving behavior. If you need some help with positive programming, go to my website at NarcissismFree.com and download the Healing Core Wounds Audio Hypnosis Download. You simply go to the Self-Hypnosis Download link on the menu at the top of the page and select Healing Core Wounds. 
Listen to this program in a relaxed state on a daily basis and notice how the internal messages begin to shift. Consistency is key here, though. You, you don't want to just listen to it once and expect a miracle. If you have one, great. But for best results, listen consistently. I hope you found this podcast helpful. And if you want more information about my work, you want to read more, listen to more podcasts, just go to my website, NarcissismFree.com. I want to thank you for listening today, and I will see you in the next podcast.